standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. This should be a special episode. However, being that I was not able to get something put together over the weekend, this is going to become episode 528 in an interview with Carlos Lopez, the owner of Two Pillars. And uh, this took place at the Texas Con this last weekend. I'd encourage you to listen in get a little bit of education, and then join me back tomorrow where we'll kind of do a recap on the Texacon Tuesday. Until then, I'll see you later. All right. This is According to Callus. We're live at the Texacon 2023, and I'm sitting next to my buddy Carlos Lopez, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, how the economics might work, how the system might improve in a free Texas. So, question number one, what would we be able to do to institute change immediately as a free and independent state as far as how we do a stock market investing? How would that look? Yeah. Thanks, Stephen, for having me on the show. And I I do recall that you uh, uh, read an ad or two for me back in the day. Thank you again for that. And uh, spending this time here these last few days has been great hanging out and fighting for freedom here in Texas. Uh, you know, one of the key things that uh, we're here to represent is is the concept of, of Texans really need to stop funding their own demise. And, and by that I mean with our own wealth. Um, there's tremendous uh, leverage that can be had when you are a stock owner. Not only are you participating in the revenues of a firm, but also you have a say in the corporate policies vis-a-vis what's called the proxy vote. That's, that's your ownership. And if you're a political of any type, you know how to vote. You know how to vote your values. And you know how to uh, bring your worldview into your ballot box with you. Okay, so let me jump in here for just a second. Kind of a, a clarifying question. Sure. So in the book um, by the great troublemaker, right? <laughs> Rules for Radicals, Saul Linsky. He talked about that in some of the later chapters about we can affect what companies do through proxy votes. And he talked about how they would use their organizers to basically get institutional investors to sign over their proxy votes. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, only in reverse? Absolutely. And I was was amazed when you uh, told me that. And here we are living it out. It's coming to fruition. Their, their, Their plan apparently is working out. So, indeed, when you... Uh, own a mutual fund or an ETF or even just straight direct uh, stock ownership, you you are given a vote and you get to uh, uh, determine you know, what board members join, uh, what policies are undertaken, and et cetera. And what they can't get done on Capitol Hill, they're getting done in the boardroom through the proxy voting process. Okay. So the proxy vote is basically a process where you give direction to the board of directors or maybe even choose members of that board of directors for an individual company or for the mutual fund or whatever you want to call it. So everybody talks about BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard and how they buy interest in these companies and then they start dictating terms. So are you looking at looking to take the power away from the big three or are you looking to kind of counteract them what how are you approaching this yeah yeah here are two pillars so we have a couple of approaches we really want to meet people where they're at um, 
one of the easiest ways to take back power is to just simply take away the vote, uh, divest, uh, sell out of said mutual funds and or ETFs and take that voting representation away. That's a simple thing. But some folks, you know, they, they might want to stay and fight. They want, might want to engage the boardroom. And therefore, it's going to require uh, some education on their part to understand uh, what the, the the policy is. For instance, you know, let's, let's take it out of the nebulous uh, uh, area here and make it more, you know, solid. Uh, ESG. ESG is, is their common approach these days. That's their religion, environmental, social, and governance. These are the things that you're probably uh, experiencing in your own companies if you work for a company that ascribes to this. Perhaps it's a you know a diversity, equity, inclusion officer, or critical race uh, training, uh, or you know walking back or dialing down your whiteness in in the workplace, uh, things of that nature. Or or maybe your company is undergoing a how do we reduce our carbon footprint? Um, these are the types of policies that I'm referring to. So yeah, take them back by pushing back when how you vote. Maybe you say no, I don't want that DEI officer hired in this company. Okay, so while I would see that that's a problematic symptom. I, I'm more concerned as just a guy that I work for a company, and I look at something like, I don't know, perhaps ExxonMobil or Shell, and they're essentially looking at getting out of the oil business, which makes zero sense to me. I mean, from everything that I understand about you know, gasoline, oil, liquid fuels essentially it's the most compact most efficient form of fuel and it allows for ease of transportation and essentially if you're transferring into something else which is going to be less efficient it would seem to me you're hurting your company you're working against what your shareholders would want which is to get a return on investment that's right how do they justify that action yeah so we've moved to to what's called share uh, what, what used to be uh, shareholder op- uh, uh, capitalism to, you know, we now have um, stakeholder capitalism, okay, where we're now where, you know, we're in effect becoming social justice warriors vis-a-vis the, the corporate boardroom. Um, and that's that's kind of the rub for us as investors. You know, we, we want companies to, at a minimum, remain neutral. You know, stick to the core competencies and processes that made that company great. Stick to making good stuff and offering great services and stay out of the culture war. But that's that good shareholder uh, value and or, you know, maximization of capital when you're off in the weeds doing these social justice engineering experiments um, in, in, instead of, you know, your, your, your company's function. So, so we can't. We can't say that it's providing value. As a matter of fact, there are studies out there to say the contrary, that these policies are not creating shareholder value. As a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. Um, You know, there's a particular uh, nationwide department store that decided to uh, radicalize their bathroom policies and and, and allowing men to enter women's bathrooms. Will that have anything to do with a bullseye? Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, But but uh, so all that to say, you know, if I'm a a, I'm a shareholder, let's say I'm a retiree and and I uh, perhaps uh, have a good uh, holding position in, in, in my portfolio. And now I've got a nationwide boycott by several uh, responses to this uh, unsafety now of, of the bathrooms. Uh, and I start to see the stock 
take 10, 20, 25% of a dip, um, that might affect my retirement uh, just quite a bit. So, so you know, we see in at least an instance like that where that that's not that's not the position we want to see our our investors, especially our retirees, who might be dependent on, for instance, you know, a, a dividend income if that was the scenario for that stock. So, so no, I, I don't believe that it's creating value. If anything, uh, to the contrary, I think they're becoming, um, you know, more and more hostile to 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 worldviews and becoming more uh, discriminatory. If anything, and it, to me, it's, it's creating more of a a, a hostile work environment for most the employees that are working in companies like that and if you're a customer you know you could be canceled you could be canceled yeah, so, so that's kind of an interesting thing for me you know I economics is like something I enjoy talking about but as far as the weeds of how to do that that's kind of beyond my pay grade but one of the things I always found interesting is so you have Carnegie you have Ford you have Rockefeller now I don't know that any of those guys would be say big fans of independence or people being able to quote do things on their own but as companies they were very much involved with efficiency of turning a profit being successful making the best product at the least amount of price and they drove their companies and themselves to do that but they created these massive fortunes that they then turned over to foundations and in their name, these foundations were essentially now actively working against the very things that created those fortunes in the first place. How do you account for that? I mean, does this basically go into the same mindset where we're going to just take this over and parasite off of it? I mean, is that what we're looking at? You know, it does seem that way. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good uh, a way to summarize that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think that's the, the goal anymore. For, for these uh, companies. I, I think really it is to uh, usher in a, a worldview that we're all going to either uh, you know, follow along willingly or be made to care. Is, is what I'm seeing. Again, social engineering, and that's kind of how we started this. I want to just loop back to that, make sure I drive home the point. We need to stop funding our own demise, and, and, and we need to be cognizant of what's happening in our investment portfolios. And I, I get it. A lot of times it's inadvertent. You work at a, uh, a company, they offer a 401k plan, they give you a list of, of mutual funds, and you choose them. You don't know any better. But I'm trying to tell you, now you can educate and stop. There are alternatives because that's all the negative stuff. There's actually positive stuff that we could be thinking about and doing in response to to where they want to take us. So let me give you a couple of hypothetical sure. situations to maybe drive this point home. So say I'm a, I'm a retired guy. I have a 401k and I've got, I don't know, let's say half a million dollars worth of assets tied up in this. Sure. And my stuff is under Vanguard. So basically Vanguard is acting on my behalf whether I want them to or not. So what are my options? I can't fix Vanguard. Right. I can't necessarily have any say over the company that Vanguard's investing in. So what do I do? How do I work around that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, uh, and on one note, I've heard at least anecdotally that, that Vanguard's taking a step back and, and not being so blatant about this. But nonetheless, they're still uh, friendly with the, you know, the likes of the World Economic Forum and that agenda. Uh, but, you know, um, to answer that particular question... Uh, my company specifically offers uh, the ability to to help what we call in-service 401k management when somebody is still at work versus having to wait and perhaps roll over a IRA at some point if it made sense for them down the road after they've departed a company. Uh, what we could do is while you're in service, uh, 
get in there and manage on your behalf, work within the investment menu that's given from the company. And because of our research process and our cognizance of, of, of the different products out there, we would know which ones are less harmful than others, if at all, okay? So you would have choices. The good news is some co companies will offer a Cadillac-type feature, we call it, uh, of a what's called a brokerage window, where you could actually take your funds and say, you know, thanks, company, I don't necessarily want your investment menu. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to set up a what's called a, 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 a you know, self-directed brokerage account, and I'm going to I'm going to compile my own portfolio and do my own thing in there, given the guidelines that you set for me. When that happens, then I can go and find alternatives in the marketplace that do exist from people that are uh, uh, not of that worldview, uh, even faith-driven, if you will, that we, we can use as alternatives. So there's a way to redeem it. It's just a matter of, you know, case-by-case -case basis. And by the way, this might be a good plug for uh, legal disclosure I should put out there about my services. You know, my, my advisory services are offered through Jake and Boaz Asset Management, LLC. We do business as Two Pillars Asset Management, or Two Pillars, a registered investment advisor in the states of Texas and California. And we are not endorsed by any government agency, or are we in the business of tax or legal advice? Yeah, we got to get that legal stuff out of the way. Got to take care of that business. I, I'd like not to have the... Uh Alphabet people come by, exactly. pay me a visit. I'm <laughs> sure you wouldn't either. We checked the box. Thanks yes, for that. Thank you. All right. So, so let, let me give you another hypothetical. Okay, so say, say I'm 25 years old. Uh, I go to work for a, a pretty good corporation, and they offer an investment plan, uh, but I don't have any money. And clearly I have really no say if I don't have any money, but how might I educate myself on what's the best way to go? How would I find a way to direct that? Is that something that is readily available or am I solely dependent on what State Street wants me to do for instance yeah yeah that's a good that's a good 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 question you know um, let me say two things in, in terms of the education well how do we want to educate ourselves one what are the companies doing uh, in the companies uh, you know in the portfolios when you're going to invest through a, a company retirement plan it's going to most likely be a mutual fund or an ETF that's a collection of stocks um, and, and or you know bonds versus individual stock or bond ownership. Okay, so that's one thing. So, so simple education would be helpful. Well, can I interrupt for just a second? Sure. So you're talking about a mutual fund. Yes. Now the mutual fund is something that's controlled by the other organization, correct? So is that where State Street controls your mutual right. fund? Okay. Right. So, and because a mutual fund pools together a bunch of stock purchases and a bunch of money, right. they carry more weight. Right. So if I stay within that, at least when they were still investing for the purposes of making money, that might be beneficial to me. But now that they're more interested in, oh, I don't know, changing the world, and they don't care if I make money, what are my other options? How, in other words, can I take my money out of that mutual fund? Can I invest it directly? Do I, I mean, that's where you're talking about your yeah. opt-out function. Can right. you explain that a little bit more? Sure, sure. Well, you know, that, that is going to come down to the company plan guidelines. What is the company going to allow you to do? Uh, are you only going to be able to use their investment menu? And so that's really going to be the driving factor. Um, if they give you, you know, a list of, of options, maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a Dodge and Cox, uh, a State Street, and, uh, you know, a, a, 
a principal fund or something of that nature. Um, again, you choose what's what's the, the least harmful among them. Um, and if you don't know how, I would tell you there's a couple of places you can go and kind of get some, some uh, minimal information. Uh, it's Christian uh, screening tool. Christian screening tool. You can go out there and learn. Put in a, uh, search that in the yeah, web search, browser? Okay. In a web browser. If you wanted to look at a specific company, there's something out there by a nonprofit known as the 1792 Exchange. And they're putting out a report to see what the likelihood or, or, or the risk level of a company canceling you or if you're an employee, uh, you know, basically being biased towards you uh, for holding uh, a non-woke worldview. Okay. So I want to pivot a little bit at this point just to ask a, a question. So there's a fiduciary responsibility. I think yep. you got the phraseology yes. right. Whereupon an investment company is responsible to turn you a profit, essentially. That's right. Knowing that it's not always possible, but that that's supposed to be their goal, Absolutely. their job, their responsibility. So if I'm investing through an organization like BlackRock, who has more or less made it their goal to change what those companies do or change the world or exert pressure on governments, how is that working with the concept that they're supposed to be driving a profit for me, that they're supposed to be protecting my assets. How do they justify it? How do they work that out and not get sued or not arrested? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. And that is that is really the issue that we're all dealing with here. As fiduciaries, they should be putting the needs of their investors above their own. Okay, It is not for them to push their worldview. Okay? It, is in, it, it is to keep that fiduciary uh, uh, standard. And we're seeing pushback. You know, the good news is that, for instance, in here in our state, Texas, uh, we have pushed back as of 2021. Uh, I believe it was, it was Glenn uh, Hager put out a, a, a bill that passed that uh, BlackRock was not going to be able to uh, manage state pension funds as a result of their push to try to destroy our energy industry here. And we're seeing other states catch on doing that. Oklahoma, Missouri, just to name a few. And there are, there are state uh, uh, finance uh, officers, uh, CSOF, if, if, I, uh, if I recall correctly, that are actually coming together in that very vein to say, hey, you have a fiduciary responsibility to our investors, and that needs to be foremost and not this... Um, you know, culture war that you're waging vis-a-vis our proxy votes. Okay. So the way that may play out is, so for instance, you brought up Texas. Texas has their teacher retirement fund or their state employee retirement fund. We're talking about potentially billions of dollars here that they've given control of that money to these mutual funds. And what Glenn Hager's law, if you will, said is, look, because you're mismanaging funds, because you're not working for the best interests, we're simply not going to allow you to manage our state retirement funds. Is that correct? That's right. So, in a sense, it would be potentially possible, though maybe less effective, if you will, for your your couple million dollar company to say, well, we're going to do retirement funding, we're going to do investment, and we can just simply say, not use those guys. And then... If enough companies do that, enough states do that, we're taking away their powers. That- Absolutely. Okay. That's the way that cookie crumbles. The more that we get together, push back and say, no, not with our wealth, not with our vote, uh, you're going to be held to a fiduciary standard here. And there are some people that are beginning to question whether following ESG is jeopardizing and, and or breaking the law. Some experts are, are thinking that it's a legal hazard. Okay, so 
You and, had, and that, by the way, is 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 a, is a direct headline from the Epoch Times. Yeah. Okay. So you had a, an article that you just had up there a moment ago about the Texas Tribune. Can you go back to that for just a second? I want to ask a question. So the state of Texas, which is let's say tied at the hip to energy production with the so-called fossil fuels. That's where Glenn Hager stepped in. That's where the Texas comptroller said, look, you're damaging the very companies that make Texas successful. That's right. So why in the world would we take our Texas funds to fund our own demise? That's right. Okay. So in theory, this is a really good opportunity to counter-invest. Now, you, you were talking a little bit about that in your talk that you gave yesterday. You said something about LSV. Can you take a minute and explain what that is and how that works? Yeah, that's a great segue. Great segue. And, and you're absolutely right about that. We do need to stop funding our, our own demise. These are our neighbors, y'all. I mean, this is their livelihood. This is how they feed their families and, and, and fund their dreams. And here we are working with companies that are trying to destroy the energy industry here in Texas. So, you know, good on, on Hager for saying, hey, no, you're not going to be managing state pension funds. Um, but, you know, what I'm, what I'm envisioning and hoping to see in a free Texas one day is a better way. And, and that is through LSV. Uh, the, the acronym stands for Liberty, Security, and Values. Let me be more specific. Personal liberty. I'm looking for companies that espouse personal liberty, that are promoting state and national security, and also that are supporting traditional moral values. God, family, republic. That is what we're looking for. We want companies that are promoting those healthy, good concepts in this culture. Yes, the, the negative aspect of screening out portfolios that are doing the ESG-type harmful things, you know, that's one aspect of, of, of what I do here, two pillars. The other is, is, is building custom portfolios that are espousing these types of principles so that we can, again, not fund our own demise, but strengthen our livelihoods. Okay, so like... The concept of state security, does that mean like we would be investing in like Lockheed Martin and Boeing? Well, potentially. It, it could mean that, but on a larger level, you know, um, should we be allowing the Chinese Communist Party to, uh, for instance, own our farmlands or lands close to our military bases or buy our aquifers and or our agriculture and, uh, you know, um, you know, export it off to the to the uh, you know uh, detriment of, of a, a fellow Texans. So we're, we're looking at maybe a step back. Then we're not necessarily looking at state security as in an armaments, but as in just self preservation of Absolutely. our own property, our yeah. own lands. It seems insane to me that a sovereign state would sell itself out and at the property that's under its control, the minerals under its ground, the water. I mean. The United States has been blessed. We have yeah. more fresh water per right. capita than any other country in the right. world, and we seem obsessed with selling it off to Nestle. I mean, there you how, go. Does that, how does that work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and look, I'm not meaning to mess with Nestle because I don't know where they are on this, yeah. and they're certainly not an investment company, but they are a giant organization that swallows up things, and they're clearly not working in the best interest of the United yeah. States or Texas in this specific. That's right, and, and neither am I going to speak ex- exactly to Nestle, but I will say that the fiduciary standard, even at that level, seems to be uh, being exploited as well by our politicians that are making these these types of deals. It should be a Texas first mentality, okay? For instance, I'll give you another example: our deep water ports out here in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, should they be run and managed by Chinese companies? I'm not saying that they are, but should they ever be? That's a matter of state security. Okay, not to look, uh, one last example: 5G. 
we, we understood through the uh, you know the former president uh, of 45 that uh, Huawei was going to be banned from from 5G network implementation here in this country well that's a thing why you know shouldn't we be just as a concern in Texas and should we be looking for alternatives for people that are you know protecting the grid including you know uh, as we heard Senator Bob Paul uh, Hall speak on you know protecting our electrical grid are there companies involved in that process well, and we could probably do multiple episodes on that yeah. specific issue. So I want to revisit something real quick. You talked about the idea of controlling our own deep water ports. Yeah. And the United States basically gave the Panama Canal back to Panama, right, wrong, or otherwise. That ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Hmm. But essentially now the, the Communist Party of China controls both sides of that very valuable transition go from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, why did we think that was a good idea? I mean, I could see if we were going to let Panama take control of it, but we still ran the ports of entry. Why are we working against ourselves? I mean, that just seems to be the height of stupidity to hand over control of a massive port facility, a massive canal system to somebody that doesn't have our best interest in mind. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, I've been doing my best to, to not get cynical on you, Stephen. Um, but you're, you're, you're touching the buttons. But you know, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have the specific answers. But there seems to be a common well, thread. I wasn't looking for a specific with, with, answer. With, yeah, there seems to be a common thread with people in power. You know, they seem to find ways to enrich themselves or do things to enrich our enemies. Okay, and and I'm just saying we need to stop and and and, and put Texas first. Okay, and and put these values ahead of anyone else's um, that are trying to implement, for instance, a global uh, uh, community that will be forced upon us. And I'm saying, no, let personal liberty and self-determination thrive here in Texas. And I want to be thinking about ways to do that and not investing in companies that are trying to bring harm to that. None of my listeners have ever heard the idea or the concept behind Texas first. They have no idea what you're talking about. So why don't you just tell them? Are you serious? I've been dropping Why don't you tell them what that means to you? Texas first, y'all. That's all I know. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, to investing, that's how we think about uh, our, the opportunities that we'd like to see in our portfolios. Um, and obviously, you know, just espousing the principles that it, it's our community. You know, we have to uh, put ourselves first. I guess it, it could be a, a nod to the to the MAGA folks that are thinking about putting America first. Uh, but you know what? I, I get it. These This is our, our neighborhoods. This is where our, our, our wives and children and families are, are, are living and thriving. And it, it's it's here in this republic that we need to stand for these uh, you know future generations. So uh, I'm all about putting putting first uh, not only my clients but also Texas. So okay, I, I I was kidding with you a little bit. Yeah. But the idea that you consider what happens in Texas first and foremost doesn't necessarily mean we're looking to disadvantage Louisiana or Oklahoma or even New Mexico. The lesser forty nine. Yeah. <laughs> but. If we're not considering us first when dealing with other foreign countries, and, you know, maybe in a couple years we'll be looking at the lesser 49 as being another country. But if we're not going to be considered about our own back door, if we're not going to be concerned about our own uh, state, it makes it even harder to then sell the concept of America first, right? There's 50 disparate states. I mean... I'm not so much concerned about what goes on in California so long as whatever goes on in California stays in California. The same would be said about Massachusetts or Illinois, but we're Texas. We like Oklahoma. 
I mean, they are the butt of most of our jokes, but we, we generally have a positive view on Oklahoma, and I guess you could say the same about Arkansas and Louisiana, perhaps. Right, right. But the thing is, we're, we're largely aligned on what yeah. we, the things we want to see. So that doesn't mean we're disadvantaging, it just means we're working to benefit Texas. So on a larger scale, if we could transmute that, where we would get Louisiana putting Louisiana first, Arkansas putting Arkansas first, yeah. Oklahoma putting Arkansas, that yeah. would build into the culture where we're getting America to put themselves first, Amen. or these United State States. State sovereignty, what a oh. concept. Are you kidding me? Uh, do they do that in investing? What? what, what? Is that even allowed State to be State sovereignty? <laughs> Stop. Okay, so one last question. We'll wrap it up. Would you say, as an investment guy, do you see a better outcome long term for these United States or Texas or Texas rather um, with private locally owned companies where maybe things cost a little more maybe they're not as efficient or do we need to enforce our will on the multinational giant corporation conglomerates which is kind of the better way in your opinion in my opinion. Not, not necessarily sure. for the best return, but right. just to keeping the Texas First model in mind, what would you yeah. see? Yeah, I'm going to get a little spiritual to answer that question, okay. if you don't mind. You know, I believe in reaping and sowing, and I believe it's a principle alive in the universe. And I believe that those that are contributing to human flourishing in the long run are going to be blessed. I believe that's the way our maker uh, you would have it. And to me, that's a principle that I look to, at least in in, in part as I'm thinking about long-term investment decisions, okay? So when I see companies doing otherwise that are deteriorating uh, human flourishing, you know, that are destroying life, destroying family, destroying traditional moral values, um, I tend to think that in the short run, or maybe the intermediate, uh, it doesn't bode well for them. I gave you the example of that one company and their bathroom policies. Yeah, yeah. You see the the reaction to that. And we've seen it play out with others, you know, uh, some mouth company with the ears in florida uh they seem to have had a little downturn in their stock as well again you know it's just this principle it's not mine i just observe it but to tell you about you know texas specific uh, uh opportunities i will say in general you know there is a parallel company uh, economy being built in this country okay and and people are rising up there's a vacuum there's opportunities for for uh, conservatives, for patriots, for Christians, if you will, to replace these companies that have lost their way and have decided to make us the enemy, okay? Half their customer base. And we're seeing if you're an entrepreneur, your time is now. You couldn't have had a better opportunity than than these days to start a company, re, uh, even enhance, if not improve, a service that you could do better as a conservative. Why don't we think like that? You know, it, it's still very much a, a a wild west, if you if, if you will, and maybe it's it's our it's our gold run uh, in terms of opportunities. Okay, so I, I guess I have a final statement that I'll give you last word. So my takeaway is the parallel economy is the way forward. We cannot continue to live in what some have called the trash world or clown world. Mm. We, ha- we have to have an alternative. We have to fund our own alternative. We need to find people that are willing to invest and perhaps lose some money on the short term mm-hmm. to build the parallel economy mm-hmm. and to, to take long-term care of their posterity. That's right. So with that, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to encourage any entrepreneur out there. You know, your time is now. It's never been a better opportunity for you. Um, you know, rise up. 
this, in the spirit of self-determination, and, and we can fight back. There's a lot of despondency out there in the, in, in the nation, and, you know, I just refuse to succumb. So, you know, you can, you can uh, replace what the maybe has been overtaken, provide your community with, with the uh, alternative, a better alternative, and, you know, whatever you want to call it. Is it the freedom movement for you? Is it the parallel economy? Is it the patriot economy? You fill in the blanks. But, you know, here at Two Pillars, and by the way, my website, twopillars.financial, and I spell it out, T-W-O, pillars.financial, um, we, want, we want to serve that community. We want to be the, the investment advisory firm to the parallel economy. So I hope you come visit, and, and thank you very much, Stephen, for having me out here right. today. It's been a great time here with you, buddy, and um, looking forward to the next steps. My pleasure, and I'm glad I didn't have to tell you to plug yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with that, folks, we will see you on the other side.